Welcome to the Balancing Life Show, where health and wellness expert, Coach Steluza Leu, brings you simple, actionable tips and tricks to help you solve real-life problems. Here, we're having meaningful conversations on how to achieve a healthy mind in a healthy body while also having fun. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review and help us spread love, health, and healing to as many people as possible. So, I think we are rolling now. Hi, Laura Beth. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for coming on the show today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me. Thanks. Thanks. So, guys, for all of you out there, the theme of the conversation today is the power of choice. And for some of you who came across my work, any type of my work, whether you worked with me directly or you, you read of some of my articles, you know how important for me the power of choice is and how much I promote having the awareness to understand what's going on in your life, to understand what options do you have and to choose the option that you feel it's best for you. And sometimes even if you don't make the choice, the best choice for you, or if it doesn't turn out to be the best choice in your life, it is very empowering to be able to make the choice, to be able to make a choice, whatever the situation uh, in your life is. So I'm really happy to have here a woman that is really empowering all of us to make a choice. And uh, Laura Beth is, we had a conversation before uh, coming on the show and we were debating whether to talk about single mom or being a single parent, but let's give it to being a single mom because we are amongst women here. So Laura Beth is a single mom, but she's also a professional sales executive like I used to be for so many years. And I think this is what connected us. A lot professionally, she serves product development companies who are looking to build a new product line. But personally, she's passionate about helping women and other mothers provide a safer home and healthier environment for their families through non-toxic living supported by essential oils. So as you can hear from her bio, by choice, she is a professional sales executive, but also by choice, she is helping other women live their better lives and providing better lives for their families, uh, becoming more aware of the toxic environments that they are living and providing a solution to relieve or to diminish the toxic environment that we're living in. Now, this is not the, the topic of our discussion today. The topic of our discussion today is how do you manage to live successfully as a professional, having also a side passion and also being a single mom, juggling the role, all these roles and being a single mom, how do you manage to balance all these things in your life and still keeping a smile on your face and still feeling fulfilled and still feeling that life is beautiful, regardless of, you know, the ups and downs and, you know, the fluctuations that come uh, every day. So Please do share with us your story of choice and how do you manage to do it? Sure. It seems like such a simple question, but there's so many layers to it. Yeah. So just a little bit about me. As you mentioned, I am a single mom. I have a four-year-old son who is absolutely my sun, moon, and stars, as I'm sure all of you can relate to with your own children. I decided to leave my marriage when I was three months pregnant. And um, there was a morning that the, the fighting and arguing was so bad that our new puppy was cowering in the corner 
And I just touched my tummy and thought to myself, don't worry, baby. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to put you through this. And so, and so I, you know, I went through, through my pregnancy, uh, mostly with the support of my family. And, you know, as my child was growing in my body, I was very intentional about things that I wanted to focus on for my life and for his life. Once he made his, his grand arrival, one of those things for me, and it keeps me balanced as well, was making the choice to always work towards providing a safe home for him, not just physically safe, but emotionally safe and spiritually safe as well. So, you know, it's been about using non-toxic products and it doesn't matter, you know, really where they're from, as long as you know that when you have a baby crawling around, that if they put their face on the floor, which they inevitably will, that it's okay. Uh, You don't have to call call poison control safe in a way that he always felt, you know, loved and heard. And that starts when they're, you know, first born. I mean, it's just, it's listening to a baby's cues. It's paying attention to, to what they need and that the needs change as they grow up. But I think that the concept remains the same, you know, choosing who we have in our, in our lives, people that are safe, people that are friendly, people that are warm, that are honest, that will be sincere with him, but also, you know, disciple him and kind of help to shape and mold him as he grows up. So, you know, those are the, some of the ways that I've, I've been able to maintain balance for myself, as well as, you know, being sure that my son has a place to be safe, a place to rest, a place to play, whatever it is that he needs that he can, that he can Mm -hmm. have in our home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. You mentioned something earlier, which was, you know, for him to be safe from the moment he arrived. I know they are saying that kids feel danger or feel safety, even when they're in our wombs, even before they're born. So Mm -hmm. I think having the strength to leave an unsafe relationship, whether we're talking about marriage or just, you know, a cohabitational relationship, as scary as it may sound at the beginning, and as much as we would like to, you know, hang on to it, thinking uh, our kid, my kid needs two parents, you know, they need to have the standard family around him. What would he do without a dad? Oh my God, what will people think? Oh my God, what's going to happen to me? I am alone raising this kid. I think these are the worst excuses that we can make for the safety of our children. They actually can feel everything. They can feel the toxic energy. They can feel our thoughts. They can feel our thoughts, our energy, right? So we are so connected to the kid in the womb that they can feel the negative energy around us and all our thoughts are energy. We are all a field of energy and everything is transmitted so they can feel. So I think you know, as I was writing the description of our show last week, I had some emotional clicking myself. And I think you were the first person to share with the fact that I am going myself through a separation now. And one of the things that I was writing was not only releasing yourself and your kid from a toxic relationship, but also releasing your partner from a toxic relationship. And I think it is so beautiful to be able to make the choice of allowing yourself and your kid to live in a safe space without clinging, without hanging on to all these excuses and all these things that the society and our families and, you know, people's expectations are put in our head, right? As I don't know about you, but most girls grow up you know with this image that we need to have a husband we need to have a family 
families need to be forever, you know, and if you're not happily married, then there must be something wrong with you. And if your marriage goes away, then what's going to happen with you? You're going to be a single mom, which is so bad. So I think this is really empowering. You know, your message and your story is really empowering for all the women out there who are single moms or who are struggling in relationships to, for them to understand that there's no shame in being a single mom, Mm. that it is really just a choice that you need to choose what's best for you and for your kid. And that it is always better to be a single mom for both you and the child than to be a married mother living in a toxic relationship. And I can't even thank you enough for you know sharing your story uh, because I have so many friends who are either struggling in relationships or who were strong enough as you and made a choice or who were forced to get out of, re- of a relationship because their partner's choice. And for everybody going through such a transition, you know, from a marriage uh, into being a single parent, it's very difficult and there are challenging times for a while. And I was wondering if you could, you know, tell us how did you make it through this challenging period after your divorce or separation, whatever that was at a time, being pregnant, what practices were you using to kind of like keep your head and your life in balance and you know don't go back to the previous relationship because this is something that many women do you know they have a moment of weakness a sadness for me it was you know I heard a song on the radio so I called him and got back with him so what did you do to keep you strong in your decision to keep you firm in your decision and to also keep you strong for your baby without, you know, being emotionally torn apart. That's so easy for me to answer. The truth is that I'm very stubborn. And uh, I'm the kind of woman who, once I make a decision about something, my feet are stuck in the cement and it is nearly impossible to get me to turn around and change my mind. So uh, sometimes that can be a burden. In this particular case, it was a blessing. And I've, I've always been that way. I don't know if you call it strong. I don't know if you call it stubborn. I'm not really sure, but it has definitely served me during difficult times. I remember a very specific moment in time right after I decided to, you know, to, to leave. I was at work and at the time I was working for a, uh, a small software company, very small, I think there were five employees. And um, I sat in, in one office with another coworker, you know, cubicle kind of scenario. And our, our boss had come in to chat with us. And I told him the news, you know, that, um, that I'd chosen to leave my spouse. And the woman who owned the company looked at me and kind of tisked at me and shook her head and said, you do realize that you're going to spend the next however many months it was that she said, you know, curled up in a ball under this cubicle. And I just thought to myself, wow, that's one super offensive, and not very supportive, but how wrong is she? Because once I made that decision for me personally, a huge burden was lifted and my heart and soul was at peace. And that, that says a lot. When I first got married, I, uh, and I think I'd shared with you in our previous discussion that I sort of had this sense that I was probably not going in the right direction. You know, I don't want to spend much time with the details of that, but I just, I had a sense that it wasn't. And so for the first half of my marriage, I was praying that God would, would redeem our marriage, right? That he would bring some love into our marriage, that it would be a safe place for our son. In fact, there was a time when I actually prayed 
to God that he would give me a daughter because I thought that maybe having a daughter would, would soften the heart of my husband, but he gave me a boy, which is better for me <laughs> in the long run. <laughs> I don't even know that I would know what to do with a girl, but, but I think, you know, towards the end of the marriage, it, it was more that I was praying that God would, that he would find me a way out, that he would offer me a way out and that I would feel okay with it, that I would feel at peace with it. Because just like you said, you know, we, we grew up in this, in this environment where this sort of picturesque idea of what our life should be like as a woman, right? We get married, we have a home, we have children, we have a spouse, we we do the things that come along with wifehood and motherhood. And for me, I grew up in a in a house uh, with Christian values. So there's another layer there for me where, where even though both of my parents were raised by single mothers, there's sort of this failure that you feel internally because you're letting people down or you're not doing things according to plan, so to speak. And so I needed to give myself permission to make the choice because it sort of went against everything. But I also knew that it didn't make sense for me or for my child to stay in a situation that was going to be loveless and not necessarily unsafe from a physical perspective, Mm -hmm. but again, unsafe potentially from an emotional perspective and and a spiritual one as well. So it's my stubbornness that got me through. And it's the peace of knowing that the choice that I made was going to, in the long run, be better for myself and my child. There's actually, um, there's a verse in Proverbs, uh, the book of Proverbs in the Bible that says that uh, it's better to have a dry crust of bread than to live in a house that's full of food, but is, you know, full of strife as well. And I, I sort of carried that with me through my pregnancy because I thought it was uh, funny and also totally on point. You know, people worry, I can't leave my marriage because I won't have any money. There won't be enough. There won't be enough. There won't be enough. When the truth is you're the one that makes enough in whatever way that looks like. And so I just sort of always clung to that. You know, I, I would much rather be in a situation where I was, you know, I had a healthy and safe child living in a, in a one bedroom shack than be living with a, a child that, that felt unsafe and was unsure about his home life and, and things of that nature. So that always struck with me, but, but you do, you, you make your own choices and, and then you figure out ways to make the choice work. Man, I love everything you're saying <laughs> because I don't even know where, you know, I, I want to go so many avenues with what you said, you know, from the intuition that maybe it's not the right thing for you and how you handle that in, in the long run to, you know, the emotional safety, which is much more important than sometimes for me, at least, than the financial safety. And to, you know, the fact that we are the architects of our own lives and whatever we put our minds to comes to reality, comes to fruition. So whether you think good or bad thoughts, they turn into reality because this is the power of our mind. And this is, you know, whatever you focus on, that thing grows. So I was just curious, because you mentioned the intuition, right? What happens, you know, when you realize that your intuition was correct, you made a choice against your intuition, you were hoping for the best, it didn't turn out the way you wanted. And there was something that you mentioned, you know, that feeling of letting everybody down but besides that, there is also the, maybe the, I don't know if you had it, you know, maybe the guilt or the, all this self-talk, all the chatter in which, you know, you say, you tell to yourself, you say, you, you say to yourself, you know, what the heck, I should have listened to myself. For me as a coach, my intuition is big and us as women, we have this superpower called intuition as well, right? So how do you deal internally with, you know, 
realize all these thoughts and all these emotions that come up as a result of the thoughts that, you know, you didn't listen to your intuition. Did you have all this inner chatter? Damn, Laura Beth, you should have listened to your intuition. You Did you beat yourself um, down in any way like that? I think the only self-talk that I had was I should have left sooner. And to be quite frank, I didn't have a long marriage. It was in total, you know, including, including pregnancy. It, we weren't illegally divorced until after my son was born. But in total two years, maybe a little bit more, including the time that we dated. I was at a time in my life when I first met, you know, my, my ex-husband that I, I wanted that, that picture that we all grow up wanting. And I was getting to a point where I thought, man, if I don't do this soon, I'm never going to be a mother. And that's, uh, that's always been, been for me, something that I, I felt a calling for. So yeah, I think, I think the self-talk for me was not guilt because when you go back to that intuition and that gut feeling, I knew that I was making the right choice by leaving, even though I also knew that there would be struggles ahead in having discussions with my family and explaining to people at church what was going on, you know, uh, speaking to my friends, my coworkers, whatever the case may be. Again, I'd much rather have a difficult discussion than stay in a bad situation just to avoid a short term, you know, level of discomfort. So I get the self-talk and I, and I think probably the best way to handle it is to make sure your heart is in the right place. Make sure that you are thinking about things outside of a bubble so that it's not just how I'm feeling today, tomorrow, six months from now, but what, what will be the impact on my life five years, 10 years in retirement, you know, to kind of think about the whole span of your life and what you want from your life. And if where you're at, isn't going to get you there, then you need to figure a way out. And it might not be tomorrow. It might not be this year even, but you, you have to start working towards that, that vision that you see for, for your own life. I think it's grace and forgiveness for yourself. You know, when you have those moments of, of negative self-talk. And another thing is if you have a support system that only supports you in the way that they feel like your life should go, that, you know, I would encourage people to find support that's true and honest to who you are and to who your character is, as opposed to, you know, their preset rules of, of navigating life, because, you know, I think it's important to, to speak the truth to people, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also important for your support system to, you know, consider you, who you are and what you're going through and, you know, and what kind of, what kind of value they can bring to you as an encouragement and support. So I think, again, it comes to a choice of who we spend our time with, who influences our thoughts and our, in our hearts. Yeah. Negative self-talk is sucks though. Doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned, you know, uh, having a support system, system and the right support system for you. And, uh, the fact that, you know, I think one of the things that I see around me, you know, my friends and people that I work with is that, you know, there is sometimes very, not very much awareness around the energy that is brought to you, given or taken to you, the energy exchange between a person as individual and the people around themselves. And mm-hmm. people, I, I see a lot of people still hanging on to relationships 
despite the fact that those relationships are not serving them, despite the fact that those relationships, not only that are not serving them, sometimes are bring are, are making them uh, suffer or you know bringing a lot of negative emotions and energy in in interaction. And I have a, this saying. I don't. I don't think I invented it. I think it's been around for so many years. You know, you don't, you can't choose your family. You know, you can't choose your parents, but you do freaking have the choice to choose your friends. And mm-hmm. I am so adamant to this that I let go of a lot of relationships in my life once I re- I became aware of the fact that they were not serving me at all, mm. and. As painful as it is to accept this, because some of them might be very long-term relationships, as you said, looking on the long run, looking at your life and looking at your life five years, 10 years from now, and thinking of yourself being supported by the right people, I think in order to allow the right people to come into your life, you need to also allow other people to leave your life so that you create enough space for the new energy to come and support you and and uplift you. And I think this is really important for women to understand that we are an exchange of energy. And if the energy that you're surrounded with is not a positive and uplifting energy, then you got to think about it and you got to make a choice, make a decision and filter through your relationship so that so what I was saying was that, you know, sometimes you got to make a choice also to let go of uh, people in your life that are not serving you and create space for new people to, to come into your life. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I think people in our lives are so important. And I think that there's something to be said for having a character that, that is self-sufficient, but values people as opposed to, you know, some sort of codependent style relationship where you need people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's okay to need people, but you can't need people to meet your own basic needs. And people are not going to change your self-confidence and people are not going to give you the courage to make the decisions you need that are going to be difficult. And even if they help you make a choice, they can't then force you to take the first step. You have to know who you are. You have to believe in who you are and you have to act according to that person. And so I think that a lot of times, you know, we, we get, we get wrapped up in this fear of being alone or fear of being lonely, but I think, and I don't know, this, this might be some sort of bold assumption on my part, but I think that there's something really special and really beautiful about being forced to be alone for a period of time that we meet ourselves there. You know, when, when there's no one around you impacting you or in influencing you, whether it's positive or negative, you are wherever you are, right? So you have to figure out what your life soundtrack is like, you know, what your thoughts are telling you, what your body is feeling and how you should respond. I mean, there's a lot that goes into learning who you are, being comfortable with you, with who you are. And then, and then again, living, living as that, as that individual. So I think that all that all plays into, you know, this concept of making the choices and finding balance and sort of, you know, protecting your heart as you navigate life, whether it's friendships or marriage or, you know, familial relationships. You have to know how you can serve others, how they can serve you again, so that, you know, it kind of comes back to that balance where if they're good for you and you're good for them, then the relationship continues. If it's not that way, then maybe it's only for a time. 
But I think that even in negative situations, and again, you know, for me, it might've been marriage for other people. It could be friendships or, or whatever. There's still an opportunity to learn and grow from those experiences. For me, there are now character traits that I see in others that I saw in my marriage that I refuse to participate in. And so you kind of learn triggers and red flags and things to look out for, or you learn things that you really liked or something that you learned about yourself. That's, that's really, uh, that's really wonderful for me. I told you I've always been a bit strong and stubborn, but being a single mom has given me respect for women that I never had before. You know, I've, I've always had difficulty with female friendship because I'm outspoken and I'm a little loud and I'm straight to the point and I'm honest and sometimes maybe more blunt <laughs> than people really want me to be uh, as a woman, but I can do all of this. And it's not according to my own strength. I mean, I, I fully believe that I am created the way I am because of the God who made me this way. And I think that there's growth in that too. And I think that knowing who you are and knowing what you can accomplish, whether it's by yourself or in any situation, is just so incredibly valuable. So. Yeah. So true. I, mean, I was yeah, like, exactly. I, I don't know if, if you could see me, if I'm still frozen on your screen or not, but I was like smiling and nodding all the time. <laughs> no, I see you now. <laughs> it's like you're <laughs> speaking on my behalf because I feel the same. I've always been, stubborn and you know strong-headed and I've always been firm in my opinions and in my decisions it takes me a while until I make a decision but when I make a decision I'm freaking stubborn to stick with it except mm -hmm. in this current relationship that I'm getting out of but uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but generally yeah. speaking I'm pretty stubborn and sometimes this most of the times this served the serve me but there are situations in which it doesn't serve me but I guess what you are saying about self-confidence is really important and um, you know that I'm a coach and our role is to um, create the space for our clients to make their own choices not mm. to have people influence, not to have people tell them what to do. And this thought was triggered by something that you said earlier, you know, even if somebody makes you have a choice, it is, it's up to you whether you do it or not. I, I literally believe that it shouldn't be anybody making you, offering you choices. It should be people around you, people in your support system, people that love you and they want to be here for you. They should allow you the space to make your own choices, to create your own choices and support you regardless of the choice, regardless of the direction that you're taking. And even if they offer their opinion, you know, be loving and warm and supportive enough to not be attached to the fact that you make your own choice. I think this is so beautiful because accessing nobody can give you self-confidence. And even though I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a confidence uh, coach and so many people, unfortunately, are doubting themselves and uh, are looking for outside confirmations. I think our confidence lies within our own strength. And it is very important for us to realize which are which our strengths are, which are our strengths. And I think it is very important to understand that our strength comes also, and our growth, as you said earlier, comes even from the challenging situations that we are going through. And there always, there's always, if you, if you look at a challenging opportunity, if you look at a challenging relationship, if you look at something that, you know, at the moment was very difficult for you to go through, 
there is always a learning there as long as you're open to seeing it, right? So there is always all these challenges. I see them as growth opportunities for all of us, as long as we are open enough and as long as we are also, I think, willing to sit with the discomfort that it's created by all the feelings that arouse from the, the challenging situation. And this is something that not many people are willing to do, you know, sit with a discomfort, look back, learn the lesson and move forward with more confidence. Unfortunately, many people spend time, spend, disconnect themselves from the emotions that they're feeling. They are burying their emotions either, you know, through eating, through smoking, drinking, hot, whatever, working too much. Also, it's a way of, you know, shying away from your emotions and not feeling them. But I think that the only way forward and the only way up in life is to have the strength, to have the courage, to have the availability to sit with the discomfort created by your emotions and learn from them and then move forward because otherwise they are just energy stuck within you within your body and they show up every time in your life and the more you're trying to push them away or push them down internally the more they will drag you down and they will probably come out in the moments that you least expect them to come out. Mm -hmm. So I think this is really beautiful. And I was wondering what gave you the strength to sit with the discomfort and to learn from your lessons? I've done that so many times in my life. Sitting with discomfort is not something that I can do on my own. You know, I've mentioned a couple of times the Bible in this conversation, and I mentioned God a couple of times. The truth is that for me personally in my life, when I think about going through some of the things that I've been through, and I think about doing them without Jesus Christ in my life, I don't think I could have done it. Not that I would have, you know, combusted or something, but mm -hmm. that the outcome would have been different. The peace in my heart would have been different. How I was impacted, how others around me were impact, picked at, impacted would all have been, would all have been different. So I think for me, those moments of discomfort are, you know, the times in my life where I had to, you know, I'm sure you've all heard the saying, you know, let go and let God. And it's, it's a little cheeky, um, but, but I think that there's, there's a lot of truth to that. There's, uh, there's a lot of prayer. There's a lot of sadness. There's lament is, is a word that, that comes mm -hmm. to mind. And I think that there's this common misconception that if you sit around and you sort of wallow in your misery, that you're, you're making it worse. And I think that's a lot of times why people push it down or they ignore their emotions or, or whatever those things are. But just like in a situation where you've sort of been forced to be alone and, and, and come to learn yourself. I think the same is true for, you know, for moments of sadness or grief or stress or whatever they might be, you know, a negative type feeling that that's sitting with it. For me, it's talking to God about it. It's looking to his word for wisdom and encouragement. And I think that for one, those moments grow your faith and they also allow you to recognize and remember that while you have a certain element of control over your life, 
in that, you know, you have, you can make your own decisions and you can follow through on those decisions and you, you have that choice that God is in control of all of it. And that he truly does see things in ways that we don't see them and truly comes, comes to your aid in those times. I, I certainly understand that not everyone, you know, shares that faith or shares that belief, but that's what it's been personally for me. Thank you. This, this is so beautiful. And I do agree on you know, everybody shares that uh, belief and, uh, I'm definitely not one of the people who, you know, spend time with the Bible and, uh, you know, thinking of, uh, of Jesus in situations and difficult situations, but I've always believed and I've always had faith in a power stronger than me that knows everything better than I do. And I've always surrendered myself in many situations in my life to whatever this power, whether we call it God or we call it universe or whatever everybody calls it. And what I've, looking back at my life and at my difficult uh, challenges was that many times all those difficult situations that um, I felt they were very heavy and I was, you know, upset, disappointed for going through them, turned out actually to become the most transformational experiences in my life. Mm. My life shifted in, in, in ways that it wouldn't have shifted into uh, were it not for those situations. And I think what I'm trying to say is that I learned to surrender and to let go of expectations many times. And instead of you know, saying as many women do, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Why, why, why? Instead of asking why, I'm just, I learned to practice gratitude for the lesson and to ask which is the lesson that I need to learn for me in order to move forward with that. And for me, this is kind of like my way of finding resolution and moving forward, you know, is sitting within my space, allowing the emotions, allowing the feelings to come out. And when I go to bed, being grateful for, for the situation in itself that created the pain and literally asking what it is that I need to learn. And it is really amazing because, you know, 90% of whatever happens to us is our uh, non-conscious mind and everything, all our experiences, all our thoughts, all our memories, all our emotions are stored there. And there is this beautiful thing that I find it happens, you know, when I go to bed like that, and when I ask this question, and when I open up literally for, for the universe and for God or for, you know, whatever it is to unfold me the, the learning from that lesson, when I wake up in the morning, my energy is literally shifted. And I feel like I feel soothed. Mm -hmm. And I feel the pain is definitely lower than it was. And for me, this is, this is the thing that helps me being sitting with emotions, allowing whatever tears, whatever coming up without judging myself or without judging anybody that produced, you know, the situation that was involved in the situation. And then, and night being grateful and asking for the, for the lesson to be revealed to me. And it doesn't always come the, the you know, the revelation of the lesson. It, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't come, but in the morning I have a different energy and I have a different feeling. And I feel like 
I'm always heard when I do that. I feel like there is something bigger than me that supports me through whatever I'm going. And I know that, you know, we are strong women, both of us, and there are many strong women out there amongst us. We can carry a lot, but there are moments when you feel like, crap, that's a lot to carry. And But when I do that in the morning, I feel like, you know, I can, again, I can carry the world on my shoulders and I can, you know, make things happen and I have a different energy. And I think this is really beautiful that you shared your spiritual practice with us, even if, you know, not everybody resonates with, with your practice, but it is really important to have a spiritual practice to support you through, through life, generally through bad and through good times, not only through bad times, you know. So this really resonated with me. And um, in my coaching program, I have a module on spirituality and I, I literally touch people to, to teach people to get in contact with their spiritual part, whatever they call it, whatever they want to name it, whatever spiritual practice they want to develop for themselves. Because I think it is very important to, to get you through difficult situations. Because you know? many people remember to pray to God only when they go through difficult situations, right? Mm, God, help sure. <laughs> God, help right. me. That's, that's right. just, God, help me do this. God, help me go through that. Many people forget to have a spiritual practice through, you know, fun times and good times and sunny days. So I think this is really beautiful what you shared with me and with us here. I wanted to ask you a bit about, you know, how do you handle also, you know, your job and your passion for essential oils and non-toxic living and being a mom? How do you make time for all this? How do you prioritize things? How do you prioritize self-care? Do you have a self-care practice? I know there are many questions here, but speak about speak about that a bit also so that we, we shift a bit the, the conversation towards uh, other areas that are more, you know, or less emotionally charged. <laughs> sure. So I don't think there's actually time for any of it. Mm. And it's, you know, it's funny when we talk about balance, because I think that we can always work towards achieving balance, but I don't know that we ever fully get there because there's always a new wrench, you know, that, that, that shows up and something else that has to, mm-hmm. has to take priority for, you know, for a moment or for a season. Yeah. There are a few things that help me. One for me personally, I, I like being home. I work from home and then I live here with my son. So I don't have a lot of toys strewn about the house. You know, there's toys in in my son's room and there's toys downstairs in in the play space. I like things to be sort of neat and tidy and kept together because I, I have to work here. Right. So I, my brain feels scattered when my house is scattered. So that's, that's one thing that's always been a big deal to me. It's just kind of staying tidy. And, I, and I'm not talking about, there's no dust. I'm just saying that, you know, things have a place so that when you look around, you're not like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to do that. And then it distracts you from getting the things done that you have to get done in a day, whether it's for your full-time job, you know, your career, or it's for your side gig or whatever things need to get done. And if you are constantly distracted by chores, you'll never get anything done. The other is, you know, and we've touched on this too, but for me, uh, it's important that I make time for prayer, excuse me, prayer and for Bible study. Mm -hmm. And as much as I would love to look like the perfect Instagram Christian mom out on the porch with my cup of coffee and my, you know, Bible journal, that's not what it looks like for me. It's, uh, you know, it's five minutes here and there, but it's before Landon wakes up in the morning or right after he falls asleep (laughs) where I just, I find some time to, to read my Bible. And then another big thing for me is unplugging and it doesn't have to be for long periods of time. It doesn't have to be for an entire day or an entire weekend. It could be two hours where we go outside and we 
you know, ride our bikes or our scooters, or we take a hike or we go, you know, on, on some type of scavenger hunt in the, in the woods. I mean, it's just, it's just time to connect with your people, whoever that might be for me, it's my son to spend, to spend quality time with him. That's not related to a screen. So that's, that's a big part of it for me. So it's, you know, maintaining a home that doesn't make me feel like I always have to be cleaning, spending time in, in prayer and, and reading my Bible and making sure to, to unplug and, and be present with, with my son. These are so beautiful. Thank you. And I love that you mentioned, you know, that it's, there's no balance and there's, I, I totally believe that. And that's why this show is called the balancing life show, not a balanced life show, (laughs) (laughs) because I don't believe in balance as I don't believe in perfect. I I don't think that these two notions exist in reality. As you said, there's always something that will get your attention more and will make you, you know, will take your focus for a while. It's just about learning how do you manage all these aspects and how do you keep them all rolling you know juggling with them how do you keep them all in the air whilst also keeping your head sane and whilst also no blaming and shaming yourself for mm-hmm. not being able to do it all to be it all to be this perfect instagram mom as you said you know that he's always wearing the makeup is always beautiful wakes up in the morning with this shiny beautiful hair arranged like in a picture and you know the kid the beautiful kid and the beautiful career and everything so I don't believe in these things I think this is a crazy false expectation that was set up by this social media filtering mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> crap that we allow in our life and don't get me wrong I'm grateful for filters from time yeah, to time <laughs> um but but again you know we we touched on earlier about sort of grace and forgiveness for yourself because you know there is no human who is perfect I have some good days but I definitely have some bad days as well so it's about sort of you know marrying the two of those and I think as long as you feel as though you know you're doing your best and you're on the right path there's always room for for grace and for forgiveness of yourself. Yeah, so agree to that. And I think this is one of the things that us as women need to learn to love and forget ourselves and to let go of whatever expectations we might have of ourselves that we might have not met without blaming and shaming ourselves. Because um, there's no such thing as perfect life. There are rainy days, there are sunny days, you know, one day you wake up energized and feeling happy and like you have everything under control. And one day you wake up feeling crappy and don't feel like getting out of bed. But there's nothing wrong about that because this is life. It's not always perfect. And there's no, there's, it's never perfect, right? So I think it's about, you know, learning, as you said, to accept the good and the bad, to accept that this is your life, to accept that this is what the moment brings mm. and to learn how to navigate through the moment in a way that keeps you sane, that keeps your kid feeling safe emotionally and that keeps you moving forward regardless of the fact that you might not be moving at the speed that you might envision for yourself at a certain moment. I think the most important thing is to just keep showing up in your life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In your kid's life and keep showing up with the intention of being the best version of yourself mm-hmm. all the time. And even mm-hmm. if you don't succeed in that every day, 
it's just the intention that it's really important and mm-hmm. aligning your actions with your intention. Mm-hmm. I started a practice a few years ago of taking some time towards the end of every year to set some goals for the following year. I never was a firm believer in New Year's resolutions because I thought they were sort of, you know, come and go with the wind. But I think that it's been really cool and helpful for me to sort of set some type of intention or goal for an entire year, for an entire season of life. And so the beginning of, of 2021 for me, and it all kind of goes into what we're, ch- what we're chatting about now with maintaining balance or trying to seek balance. Mm-hmm. The theme for me this year is steady pursuit. And it's really helped me. I have it written on, I have like a little chalkboard in my kitchen and I look at it every day. And it's a constant reminder that even if today was terrible, yesterday was bad, or the last couple of weeks I've been you know, running all over the place and things have been crazy that there's always that day where I can sort of rein it back in and get back on track. And no one's judging whether I have or have not succeeded in any particular area of my life. It's just for me, a reminder that tomorrow is a new day. The next minute is a new minute. And, you know, for me, as as long as I'm working towards that, that's where I find some, some grace and some wiggle room for myself to know that I'm steadily pursuing something, but I might not be able to do it today. You might have to wait. And that's been interesting, you know, for, for me with, with my essential oil business, I didn't travel down the path to, to make money, had nothing to do with money for me or, or any kind of, you know, additional income. It was just that, oh my gosh, I fell in love with, with essential oils and how they support me emotionally and physically and how they've helped my son. That's a, that's a chat for another day. But I recognize that I don't have time to do a business outside of my full-time job and my full-time, I call it momming. So I really don't have time. And so what I do is I, I try to, you know, show up in my Instagram feed and, and share a story that involved it, uh, the use of oils or how I use them or, you know, things that I like or don't like or whatever, but I can't do it every day, you know? Uh, and so I, I do it when I, when I have space to do it and that's okay. Because for me, again, it just brings me back to that steady pursuit concept that I'm, I'm trying to focus on for the year. I love this and I love I love not only the steady pursuit, but I, but I also love having a vision for yourself for a period of time. And I think it's one of the things that I teach in, in my program. The first thing that we do is that we set an intention and we create the vision for a person that is going through the program or of where they want to be at the end of the program. Because otherwise, I feel like you're just a wind, a leaf in the wind, you know, Mm -hmm. and you allow for whatever happens in your life to just take lead instead of you being in control. And I'm not a control freak, but I do like to feel like I am in control of my life. And I do like to feel and to empower my clients to also feel that they do have the power to be in control of their lives. And I think having an intention and this steady pursuit are really important because for me, I I also teach habits, healthy habits. And I'm not talking about when I'm talking about healthy habits, I'm not talking about only about eating and sleeping and, you know, meditation and spiritual practice. I'm also talking about having healthy habits in regards to work, healthy habits in regards to whatever you're pursuing in life, whether you're looking for a new job or you're looking to grow your business, you need to create this steady pursuit because this steady pursuit creates habits actually that will keep you moving forward. What sometimes even myself in my business, I feel like, you know, I sometimes I, I take two steps forward and one step back, but it's not about being forward or back. It's being in a constant action. And as you said, 
in a constant pursuit, showing up every day and doing the things that I know are important for me to get to wherever I want to get. And I think this is an amazing message that you're sending out uh, to the women out there, that having an intention and having steady pursuit and having this grace for ourselves to, you know, feel okay to not be at our best every day, feel okay not to show up for whatever our dream is or whatever our passion is every day, but having it as, you know, as you said, on a chalkboard, I have a board as well myself here and next to my right, uh, next to my, my desk, having this focused intention towards achieving something and having a passion towards what you want to do, as you said, for your, you know, with your essential oil business, you're passionate about it because of the good things that it brought it brought in your life for you, for your kid, for your health, probably. So I think these are so beautiful messages that you're sending out to all these women out there that are listening to us. And whether they are single moms or they're, you know, in relationships, happy or not, I think it is important to have all these practices, to have all these things in place in order to feel confident and to feel strong enough to pursue whatever you're pursuing in life. And uh, I want to thank you for, for sharing all these stories and all these practices of yours. I wanted to ask you the question that I ask everybody, you know, that comes on the show before we, we leave. If you were to think of three things, you know, that you consider important to have a more balanced life, what would you say these three things are for you? I will call it connection. And again, for me personally, that's connecting with Jesus Christ. I have I have a personal relationship there that's immeasurably valuable in my life. Connection with my son and you know, connection with family or friends or whatever. I think that it's important to to have relation and relationship in your life. And I'll caveat to that is to say positive, safe relation connection. Because anyone can, you know, connect with anyone, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's the best place for you to be. So that's that's definitely one time to unplug, uh, you know, as we've talked about, and, and that could be anything for anybody. But I but I think, you know, for me personally as a as a sales professional, uh, and especially one who works from home, what you and I are doing is what I do all day. And I'm an introvert by nature. So this is exhausting to me. You're not exhausting. Screen time is exhausting <laughs> just to make sure. I, I <laughs> um, and, and so I, you know, I think for me, it's, it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, my, my mind is, is tired. My heart is tired. My, my, um, my eyes are tired. And I, and I think it's important to, to just unplug. I love to read. I've been doing that more now because my son is finally sleeping <laughs> at regular hours. And so he falls asleep and I have some time to read before my own eyes start to drift. And, you know, thirdly, I think is, is sort of the, you know, the vision or the purpose, you know, what is it that you're going through all of these motions for? Uh, you know, we all have 7,000 things that we have to do as women. Um, you know, I say that our brains are wired like spaghetti um, and that we have all of these thoughts. And even if none of them connect in someone else's mind, in our mind, they all connect in some sort of way. Uh, you have one thought that triggers another thought. It's like this just series of, of spaghetti, you know, running around in your brain. So that's, I think that women, women have that. And I think that if, if you can, you know, put a meatball in the middle 
Um, that's sort of the focus that, that is for your, for your life or for your business or for your family, whatever it is, you know, for, for me, again, it's that steady pursuit. It's something to focus on in the midst of kind of the, you know, the organized chaos. So connection, um, you know, time to unplug and, and having a focus, I, I think for me are, are the things that, that really drive me to, you know, maintain at least some semblance of, of balance in my life. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this. I love the analogy with the spaghetti and the meatball. <laughs> I'm Italian. I can't help myself. Yeah, I feel that you're so right. You know, when I when I said I have a daughter, right? So when I sit with her, you know, we're talking about something and then she jumps to something else. And then I ask her, what triggered that? I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know. This is so I was like, okay, good. Yep. You know, that's how we work. Right? Our, our, our brains work, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really beautiful oh Laura but thank you so much for for being here today and sharing your stories with us and for sharing all these beautiful messages about you know connection and about strength and about choice and about having a vision and about sh constantly showing up in your life I think as women, we, we need to be here for each other and we need to support and empower each other and we need to surround ourselves, um, as you said, you know, with the, with the right people uh, for us. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for, for accepting my invitation to be in the show. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you? Sure. So I'm, I'm on Facebook, um, Laura Beth Hunley. And on Instagram, uh, my handle is at Nextdoor Essentials. And I would love to have some, some new folks to, to connect with and chat with. So that would be wonderful. Perfect. Thank you. Well, thanks again. Um, have an awesome evening. I know it's getting late for you there. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the rest of your evening, the rest of your day. And um, stay connected. Thank you so much. I've really, really loved chatting with you. It's uh, it's it's always good to to chat with like-minded people who kind of have, uh, you know, similar philosophies in life. It's it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Before you leave, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Share this with somebody that might benefit from listening to it and help spread love, health, and healing to as many people as possible.